Welcome to Storytime with the Intimacy Ally. Each episode will tear down a myth, kick a social norm in the beanbag, gut punch a sex ed untruth, or destroy a poorly constructed relationship expectation. Get ready to unlearn all the crap you accepted as fact. Strap in for a mind-blowing revision on what sex is and what it can do. Prepare yourself for a whole new thought pattern when it comes to modern relationships. And now, here's your host, Jenny Simus, the Intimacy Ally, relationship expert and certified sex and intimacy coach. Hello, my lovelies. I am joined today by someone with a giant heart. And I am so incredibly happy that I got to know her and that she is a resource that I can have on hand if I know somebody is going through something traumatic and hard. I am joined today by Ellen Line of Roar Wellness. That is R-O-A-R. Ellen, can you say hi? Hi. (laughs) Um, She is an LCSWC, a therapist specializing in trauma, and she is our expert today to discuss some of the ideas surrounding how groupthink can affect people. And I'm going to let her introduce herself, and then we're going to get into the actual lies and myths we're going to talk about today. So, Ellen, I'm turning it over to you. Yeah, thank you. I'm so happy to be here today and so excited to record with you. (laughs) Um, I, Yeah, so like you said, I'm a trauma therapist. I am licensed in Maryland. I see folks in person in Baltimore City and by telehealth anywhere in the state of Maryland. Um, And yeah, I like to focus on supporting folks heal relationship trauma. Um, And so that's a big part of what we're going to be talking about today with sort of like religious community and how that, you know, creates and sustains relationship trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Is there more that I should say? No, you're great. No, you're fine. You're fantastic. So we're (laughs) just gonna, we're just gonna keep on rolling. And um, I did want to talk about what we had discussed to talk about and now I'm making all this noise that I'm going to have to edit out so or not because who knows (laughs) I really don't do edits it's fine um so the the actual lie that we want to talk about today is that religious oppression doesn't play into sexual oppression big lie if you're believing this society has put that on you patriarchy has put that on you and we're going to try to break you out from it and Mm. the other lie that we are conquering is this weird pointing the finger at the survivor mentality that happens in society of these women could have come forward sooner oh yeah they're they haven't done anything about it for 10 years you know they just want a payday now um we are going to discuss how hard it was for the women who came forward in the Danny Masterson case to do that, especially up against not only having been violently raped by this man who is a powerful and rich man, 
but also he is a Scientologist and he has these women who he has taken advantage of were indoctrinated in that religion. So Ellen is going to shed some light for us on the psychology of all of that. Yes. So, um, I guess I would just like to know like your thoughts on like how this happens. And I, and I totally understand, like, it's not just Scientology. So I would like to hear your thoughts on like the bigger picture of this. Yeah. Um, I think, so when you're saying the bigger, I just want to make sure I'm like answering your question. When you say the bigger picture of this, you're talking about like what kind of contributes to survivors not coming forward. So basically, I guess I want to know like, what is the psychological makeup of this group think this, you know, Mm -hmm. that this powerful group coming together and changing reality kind of. Um, and, and it happens in more churches than, you know, just the church of Scientology. You had mentioned like LDS and um, yeah. maybe Jehovah's witnesses. Uh, you know, I, I think that yeah. there's several of them that can get there. Yeah. So I guess yeah. I just wanted to know, like, how does that, how does it work that this system could break these women and make them think that they couldn't report this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think like as, as with all kinds of trauma, it's complicated, multi-layered complex. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm going to try really hard to just stay focused on the like, um, religious community piece of it. Okay. Um, but if I get off track, just like stop me and we can come back. Okay. Um, <laughs> So I think a couple different things are happening. When we think about religious community, it really truly is a community, right? And whether like there are some religious communities that are so loving and wonderful and like folks really find a lot of like acceptance and love there. These are things that every human needs, right? Like we are social beings. We are meant to have like multiple deep relationships with folks who love and accept us. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like churches sometimes position themselves as this place where, you know, we are so loving, we are so accepting, we are so supportive. Um, And what happens in like super fundamentalist communities is there tends to be, you've already said it like this group think, we all have to kind of revolve around the same ideas. So whether that's in the Catholic Church or the super fundamentalist sects of the LDS Church, that's Latter-day Saints, um, whether that's in Scientology, whether that's in other like cults, right? There's this sort of like groupthink formation around our ideology. And you either believe the ideology or you don't. Mm -hmm. And if you do you get to be part of the community and you get to experience the love and the acceptance. And if you don't, then most of the, like the really fundamentalist communities have like pretty significant ways of shunning people who were once in the community and are no longer in the community. And that's a tactic, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. In Scientology, they actually call it disconnect. Like they say, if you are not with us, you are a suppressive person, an SP, Mm -hmm. and you need to, disconnect Mm. and that Mm. means 
you know, so keep going. I'm sorry. I'm cutting you off. No, <laughs> no, that's so good. Cause that kind of goes into the next sort of aspect of this, which is like this persecution complex that happens, right. Where it's like, because it's so much you're either in or you're out. Um, there's this kind of thing that happens where folks are like, the world is against us. We are special mm -hmm. or we know this truth or we have this like we know the right way to do things. Right. And everyone else in the world is wrong. Everyone else is against us. Everyone else is trying to suppress us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so that's like the, the another really important, I think, piece that kind of keeps folks in the community. It keeps this sense of isolation. It keeps folks kind of adhering to the ideology. It keeps folks following leaders, following, you know, other community members who are doing shitty things, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, right. And as long as and, they can keep yeah. everyone thinking that way and like being fearful right. of like outside entities, like, you know, right. police, you right. know, then, right. yeah, I mean, that that is a way that they could definitely keep the victims from being able to, you know, break away from that. Um, yeah. When... <laughs> When you think about the survivors, and I'm and I do apologize, I did say victims, but I, I mean to say survivors. Um, yeah. How do they convince them that this is their fault? Mm. How does yeah. this? How does this group mm -hmm. come at them and do that? Like, how does that yeah. become a reality? Yeah. I think there I don't I don't know enough about Scientology to know what kind of like language or messaging there is in Scientology. But I think, you know, when we think about trauma, when we think about how we come by our traumas, one of the ways that we can become traumatized is by living in oppressive systems. Mm -hmm. And the patriarchy is one of our strongest oppressive systems. And that's that. Um, the patriarchy is is going to be like this force that tends to have this narrative that m because the patriarchy empowers men and like disempowers women, there's kind of this narrative that like men should be able to have whatever they want mm -hmm. and and that women women exist to serve men, right? Mm -hmm. And so that really like slots super nicely into this the narrative that you mentioned of like, okay, you had this interaction, you were raped, it's your fault, because your job here and like, this is I mean, there are, um, I think there are certainly religious communities that abuse that, like, I'm, I'm thinking I grew up Christian. So that's like the, you know, religion that I'm most familiar with, right. But there's that line in the Bible that says wives submit to your husbands, mm -hmm. right. And so there's, the, I think that like religion, religions that tend to really like be super sexist kind of have that perspective of like women should do whatever it is that men want, mm -hmm. right? And if women aren't doing what men want, then they're sinful or they're suppressive, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're breaking the rules. They're going against the ideology, mm -hmm. right? And so I think 
I can imagine that that is part of what is going on for right. women who experience sexual oppression, oppression in religiously oppressive communities. Um, right. Well, women and men, it does not. Anyone can experience right. <laughs> sexual oppression in religiously oppressive communities. Um, right. Yeah. Does that answer? Yeah. Answer no, that, that answered it beautifully. Okay. And I guess okay. we touched on it for a minute, but I do want to ask mm-hmm. uh, or like kind of dig deeper into like mm-hmm. when, when, when you're talking about, you know, these kinds of religions that they're, they're not, mm-hmm. they're not providing like that intergenerational, you know, supportive network of people where you come together mm-hmm. and you have community and you praise and, you know, mm-hmm. that's different than what's mm-hmm. happening in these, in the Catholic church, in LDS, in Scientology, mm-hmm. what have you, when mm-hmm. people are using it as a means to abuse those yeah. who are lower than them, quote unquote, or, yeah. you know, what have you. So I guess, yeah. I'm wondering what does it do to a person when they try to leave this? Like we talked about yeah. how they make you disconnect from people when when mm-hmm. you're called this person that, you know, is against them. Mm-hmm. What does that do to somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Um so they said before we are human beings are meant to be in community. We are, our brains are wired for relationship and connection. And if your community, if your like support and all of your relationships are among this folks, these folks who have this certain ideology and whatever happens in your life and you don't believe what you don't believe in the ideology anymore, you're starting to question the ideology right? Then you get shunned or you get Mm. disconnected. You get sent out of the community. Then all of a sudden you don't have the relationships and the support that you need to survive and thrive in the world, right? right? We all need connection and support and community to survive and thrive in the world, right? And so for so many folks, leaving a religious community that's like this, where it's, where there is the group think, where there is the persecution complex, where it is an oppressive religious community. Um, it can, it can be so isolating, right? You have to rebuild your entire social circle. Um, it can be, it can make folks really question like, who am I in the world? And, you know, what I think part of the messaging is like, because there's so much kind of like black and white, right and wrong. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, if I'm leaving this community, I must be wrong in some way. Mm -hmm. Right. And even if folks, even when folks are leaving, because they're starting to question the ideology, I think that sense of well, I must be wrong and the shame that that can often create for us mm-hmm. like tends to stay with folks and is something they have to kind of process and unlearn as they're leaving the community after they've left the community, right? Right. Um, what's the opposite yeah. of being indoctrinated? <laughs> what, what's the opposite of that? Like non-doctrinated? <laughs> you know, like how? I, like, yeah. 
I, I guess where I'm coming from on this is like um, Leia Remini on the, you know, series that I've been watching about Scientology. Like she talks about handing out like mm-hmm. flyers when she was like a kid in the mm-hmm. church and like people smacking mm-hmm. them out of her hand and being like, you're in a cult kid. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. feel like there is a whole lot of that like glib, very flippant attitude toward this even to people who are in the middle of trying to escape it. So like they're getting shunned by the people on the way out. And then society Mm -hmm. is like, well, you knew what you were getting into. What's messed up Mm -hmm. is a lot of times these are like second or third generation, you know, people who everything that they know is in these communities. And they thought, this is where I get love. This is where I'm getting, you know, everything that I need. This is my family. Yeah. So I guess I'm wondering like, what can we like as people who care do Mm -hmm. to like make society more welcoming Mm -hmm. for people who are trying to get out of these things? I know, right? It's a hard question. <laughs> I know. It kind yeah. of veers us off the path a little bit. Ugh. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's really important to believe folks, right? Like if if you are, are friends with someone or working with someone or know someone who left one of these super oppressive religious communities, like. Tr- you know, try to listen to them and, and their experiences with an open heart and an open mind. I like some of it seems can seem really stunning, right? In in our like, you know, it's twenty twenty three modern day times. Um, it it can seem really really foreign mm-hmm. the way that people behave when they are part of these super duper fundamentalist religious communities the ways that the communities behave, the behavior that's like acceptable Mm -hmm. and not Mm -hmm. acceptable can seem really odd to our like, you know, modern sensibility. Um, So I would just like encourage you when folks are, are maybe speaking about this space or time in their life, like, Believe them. Just believe them. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Um, Chrissy Bixler said that. She said to uh, Leia Remini, you believed me. Mm -hmm. You believed me. Or she she was talking about her husband. She said, he believed me, you know? And for 10, 11 years, she had it in her mind what the, you know, officer or whatever at Mm -hmm. the, you know, celebrity church Scientology branch told her Mm -hmm. to believe Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah so yeah uh, that kind of leads me into my next question which was um yeah like there's this there's this whole weird imbalance of Mm -hmm. like mind work i guess like scientology wrapped a blanket of protection around Danny Masterson and they've done it for other people. He's not the only one. Um, But it also at the same time kept the women silent. Mm -hmm. I guess my question on that is like, 
how can, I don't know, how can these people create these realities for so many people? Mm. Like what kind of, you know, mind manipulation and traumatic exposure is happening, you know, for this to be real? What do you think? Yeah, I I think um, like that groupthink piece and the persecution complex piece are part of that. Mm-hmm. I, I think another aspect to it is um, the kind of like black and white, like right and wrong thing, mm-hmm. thinking that is so pervasive in these like super fundamentalist religious communities. Um can you Create can you explain of, a little bit? Oh. Can you explain like black and white thinking a little bit in case you know oh. people aren't familiar? I guess. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So black and white thinking is um, this like thinking where everything is super binary, right? It's either right or wrong. You're in or you're out. It's good or it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, like things. this kind of thinking tries to simplify the world Mm -hmm. in a way that makes that makes it less stressful for our brain and our nervous system to process the things around us. Okay. But what that ends up doing is like really limiting our capacity to understand like the, the reality of the world, which is often like, much more multifaceted Mm -hmm. than the black and white thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Like very few things. Right. Are are only just right. (laughs) Right. Only just good or bad, Mm -hmm. only just right or wrong. Right. Like there's complexity. Like we, we are complex beings, Mm -hmm. right? Our society and our systems are complex. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. um, Walking contradiction. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the thing that black and white thinking does is it creates a sense of safety by making the world easier to understand and process. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is like, it tends to happen if we are a person who has had a lot of relational trauma. Um, there are probably patterns of black and white thinking in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. And it's something that folks, I think, are drawn to because it 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 makes it, like being a human in the world is chaotic and scary and hard. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, Amen. It just yeah. Is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when we have this really black and white thinking around like ideology and belonging and who's right and who's wrong, that can be really soothing for that part of us that understands that the world is a scary, chaotic place to live, Mm -hmm. right? But it's like, okay, but I know that I'm doing what God says is right, Mm -hmm. right? And if I just follow this teacher, then I know that I'm I'm right and I'm going to go to heaven someday, right? Or it's like, I know that I'm doing the right thing and I'm a good person, Mm -hmm. you know? And and so it's like, okay, if I can be a good person, that gives me an anchor to hold on to. Or if I can know that I'm doing what God says is right, that gives me an anchor to hold on to in the midst of this world that is 
really scary and chaotic a rocky ocean and stressful and hard yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> right and like for some folks and in communities where the leaders are not abusing this like i do think that this can be a good thing for people right like it it can be very grounding to have this sense of connection to others and connection to like a higher power like it, this is what i'm talking about right we're talking about religious oppression but even within that like i don't i don't at all want to want it to seem like we're trashing all religion no right no way because yeah, no. so much. There is so, so much good that can come out of right. religious association, you know, for your yeah. for your well-being, uh, you know. Yes. And when they're not trying to take every single dime that you have, and when right. they're not trying to tell you that you have to read their books for 11 hours a day and not mm. sleep and, you know... Yeah. Or that someone putting their hands on you is okay. You know, that's yeah. very different. I mean, yeah. I had a good experience coming up in my synagogue. I never yeah. I never felt in danger. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I never felt like anyone was going to harm me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I felt community. Yeah. It, like. I I feel like we've said like that intergenerational community, you know, Mm -hmm. I knew people who were 90 years old when I was five, like where else was I going to get that? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm definitely not trashing all organized religion. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I just, I am trying to get to the root of, I want people to understand. Yeah. It could happen to anyone. I want them to understand that people are not stupid because they get involved in cults. Cult leaders go after people who are intelligent because they are offering them some other way to think, Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want people to feel like if they've gotten into something like this, there's no way out. Yeah. And I'm trying to get to that root. Like, I just want to know, like, what happens what happens to our thought patterns and mm-hmm. to our self-esteem i guess that mm-hmm. makes this all okay you know and mm-hmm. i think you really hit yeah. the nail on the head with that yeah. black and white thinking is that mm-hmm. it's like it just makes it so easy to mm-hmm. exist here because I yeah. know that if they don't believe us, they're wrong because we are mm-hmm. right. And we mm-hmm. have all of this evidence that we are right. Yeah. Ooh, that is powerful, yeah. lady. <laughs> Whew, that just hit me. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I got mm. chills. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Ugh. Well, I guess, I mean, I, I would love to know, is there anything that you feel like we didn't hit on that you would like to talk about for this? Because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to keep harping on things. I feel like your answers were like, you know, they're succinct, but they're very informative, you know? Mm, Yeah, thank you. Of course. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think. 
Is there anything about, about like, you know, trauma else. bonding maybe that happens there, mm. like between mm-hmm. the different like lower level parishioners maybe? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I Yeah, I do think that that can be, um, that can for sure be an aspect mm-hmm. of like folks, especially for folks that maybe don't quite fit in with, I think, you know, like, the theme of today is we are complex and everyone is different, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, <laughs> so some folks really don't have a hard time kind of like joining the community, getting into the group think, going along with what everybody else is doing, right? And other folks, depending on our backgrounds and our, you know, genetic makeups and the way we were raised might really struggle with that. And I think especially for those folks who maybe were born into a community or their parents brought them into a community, but they don't really fit in the community, um, there can be a sense of I think like finding the other folks who are like them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if there are, and there usually are Mm -hmm. um, and connecting with those or it's, I feel like that I'm not really answering your question though. No, I think you are. I think you are. It's like, so the, so the people who didn't are for lack of a better term, didn't completely drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah are able to find each other in there. And then once they have found Mm -hmm. each other, well, then they don't want to let go. Yeah. So that makes them stay longer Mm. in this system Uh, that, you know, they already aren't buying into, but they just don't know what's going to happen if they leave it. Yeah, possibly. (sighs) Possibly. Yeah. God. All right. Yeah. Well, I would love to have you on again. You know that. Um, and I would love it if you could tell everybody how to find you, um, what you're up to. Um, and I'll definitely put things in the show notes, um, Mm -hmm. on how to find you if you're up for it. I don't know if you are accepting clients right now, you can go ahead and take it from here (laughs) and let me know how is it best for us to get to know Ellen at Roar Wellness? Yeah. Um, my website is roarwellness.co, not com.co. Um, and so that's a great place to kind of learn more about me and my work. Um, I am at Roar Wellness Co. on Instagram, although I haven't been posting over there a ton. Um, but I would say like the best way to kind of get connected if you're interested I run an online community called the Roar Community, um, and it is meant to help folks who have relationship trauma to heal, Um, and we do that through a couple different signature rituals, so we have a weekly... weekly, like, reflection intention setting, and then, like, a reflection questions and tarot spread. Mm. We have, yeah, Mm -hmm. monthly workshops. Yeah, and um, by like twice monthly uh, self-help co-working. Nice. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so all all of those uh, kind of help help folks. Um, Definitely. Are you still doing the newsletter? I like heal and grow. Yes. Okay. I do have a newsletter yes. if you would like. That's another great place to stay in touch. And I, I love to um, chat with folks. Like, 
if you ever, if you join my newsletter and you get my newsletter and then you respond to my newsletter, I love it when people <laughs> chat like that, connect like that. Um, so yeah, you can also sign up for my newsletter either on Instagram or my website. Yep. Yeah. You can go to yeah. roarwellness.co C-O, <laughs> and you can <laughs> sign up. You just subscribe to the newsletter and it's fantastic. Yeah. There's so mm-hmm. much good in there. Um, I have shared it far and wide, and I have gotten excellent yeah. response from the people who have taken a look. So I highly mm. recommend it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it was lovely having you. Um, yeah. Thank you so much uh, for shedding light yeah. on that. I I love that yeah. you were willing to talk about it. I love that you're, yeah. you know, curious about it, and you're and you're wanting to be a force for good for people Mm -hmm. who have maybe had too many forces for bad thrown at them, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm, I don't want to end it on such a terrible note, but (laughs) 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 well, um, I thank you so much. I thank everybody for coming to listen. Uh, Please come back to story time with the intimacy ally. Uh, We are going to be touching on the subject for a couple more episodes. And that's it. Yay. Thank you for tuning in to Storytime with the Intimacy Ally. We hope you learned a bit more about putting the fire back in your romantic relationships, exploring communication and emotional readiness in all relationships, and how to expand your definition of intimacy so you can reach your relationship goals. Go to theintimacyally.com to subscribe and never miss an episode. Follow the links in the show notes to social media and events. Till next time, keep on learning, growing, and thinking. Storytime with the Intimacy Ally podcast is meant for education educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as health or mental health advice.